The Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom said, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. I want you to hear that again. Corey Ten Boom, the Holocaust survivor says, when the Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. That the Lord's church, listen to me now, has not been designed to be divided. Uncle Paul in the Bible puts it like this. We are many members, but we're one body. In Corinthians, Paul dealt with the church at Corinth being divided because he says, here is the problem. Some of you are following Paul. Some of you are following um, Peter. And some of you are saying, I ain't going to follow no preacher at all. I'm going to follow Jesus. And so Paul gets angry, Dwayne, and he says, I'm glad I ain't baptized none of y'all. And then he raises a question. Tell them they're too loud. Tell them they're too loud. Is Christ divided? Is Christ divided? The word fellowship means koinonia. It means relationship. It means oneness. It means community. It means we are together. Corey Ten Boom said, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. Can I talk to you? When we create cliques and fashions within the Lord's church, the devil smiles at that. When this one doesn't like this one, and when this group won't speak to this group, and when this group can't stand this group, and when this family hates this family, and when, watch this, when you haven't bothered me, but because my friend is mad with you, now I'm also mad with you, the devil smiles. And let me be upfront when I say this that spirit will not be allowed in this church. Before anyone will cause that spirit in this church, I will ask you to leave. That spirit will not be tolerated in this fellowship. We cannot say to people, we are fellowship and walk them home and we treat them like garbage. 
Fellowship means oneness. Now, here it is. Will we always get along? No. Will we always see eye to eye? No. But here is what mature Christians do. You talk to the person and tell them your concerns. And you work it out and pray it out and talk it out like Christians ought to. What we do not do is lead in anger and haste with attitudes and division. When that happens, guess what? The devil smiles. Because you think you are doing something big and bad and boastful. I didn't talk to her. I ignored her. I told him off. I rolled my eyes. I didn't speak. Silly, silly, sophomoric thinking individual. God gets no glory out of your foolishness. We are many members and we are one body. And, and Paul said it like this in, in his writings. He says, listen, every member of the body is important. He says, just because you are a foot don't mean you ain't important. Just because you are a hand don't mean you ain't important. Because every member of your physical anatomy plays a part in your progress in your life. If you think your feet aren't important, try not having them. If you think your hand isn't important, try not having it. Which all I'm saying is this, as they would say in the old church, there are no big eyes and little U's in the Lord's church. That no one here is more important than the other one. Kevin Donaldson, Dr. Kevin Donaldson, said that unity has become a luxury in the body of Christ instead of a necessity. Here's what Hezekiah Walker said, I need you. You need me. We are a part of God's body. Here it is. Stand with me. Agree with me. Here it is. It is his will that every need be supplied. Here it is. You are important to me. Which means if the people in this church are not important to you, then guess what? That's a problem. That when someone else's family members dies, that should bother you. When your church member's mama is in the hospital on the vent, that should hurt your heart. When your, when, when your member's son is in court, that should move you to love on them and pray for them and console them. It is not them people or those people. We are one fellowship, one body with one goal, and that is to serve this present age. And to give God the glory, fellowship, oneness, companionship, equality. 
that no one should get angry or upset, watch this, when their name is called and your name isn't. You know, I ain't going to let how y'all, when Pastor Green said, on behalf of our pastor, William Anthony Jordan, and no one clapped. And then she said, on behalf of Nikki Jordan, all y'all said, I'm, I'm not going to let that spirit bother me. It, it, it was only for a minute. On, on top of that, she got folk behind her with Lady Nikki's squad on and stuff. <laughs> Lord, I'm, I'm, even, I'm even petty in the sermon, Jesus. We're, we're all one family. We're all one body. Which is why it is important also, just because you aren't on the stage singing or preaching as a part of the fellowship, it is your job to support those who do. And we aren't just here, here it is, playing church or being cliquish or being a dressed up bunch of gang members. There is power in fellowship. Corey Tim Boone again says, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. That you aren't hurting them or hurting me because you got an attitude or you won't speak or you going off. You ain't bringing glory to God. You are actually helping the devil's agenda. So again, that spirit of division and and, and foolish which will not be tolerated. And I ain't talking about just to the pews. Ask my staff. I sent them a whole text message and told them pettiness, snappiness, disrespect, talking to folk crazy won't be tolerated over here. Because you cannot, watch this, walk in love and treat people different. Because guess what that is? That is now a performance. And what you are doing is, here it is, when you are rude to people, here it is, publicly, or when you are nice to them publicly and uh, 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 kill them behind their back, here is what you are doing. You are actually insulting the intelligence of God as if he can't see what you're doing. And so uh, go, go, go to the book of Philippians, please. Whether it's your Bible, whether it's your phone, go to the book of Philippians. Go, go to Philippians chapter 1, verse number 5. Paul says it like this, uh, because of your sharing in the gospel from um, the first day until now. Number one, church, uh, sharing, serving together to advance the gospel. 
That, that's why we're here. here. Here it is. Here it is. None of us are here to be superstars or celebrities. None of us here are, are to be superstars or celebrities. Our main objective is to share the gospel. Now, let me give this some historical context. The Apostle Paul is writing this book from jail. Not on vacation. He's in jail. Every few hours, a Roman guard is chained to him and they exchange guards. Now, here is the thing. Paul is thanking the church at Philippi because while he was in jail, if I can be urban and plain, they put some money on his books. <laughs> and so Paul is writing them to thank them for that, but he is also writing them to explain the delay of the person who brought the money, Epaphroditus. He wants them to know he did not steal the money. I got the money. But while he was in Rome, he got sick, which delayed his progress back home. So I want to thank you all for blessing me. Because the more you bless me, the more I spread the gospel. Now, how could Paul spread the gospel while in jail, hooked to a Roman guard? Because every few hours, a guard would be chained to Paul. And Paul would say, what's your name? My, my name is Paul. You heard about Jesus? We got a few hours. Let me talk to you. And so Paul would preach to every guard. And before the guard left his ship, the guard got converted and told other folk about Jesus Christ. Let me help you, church. It is not my job to grow this church. It is your job. Why? Because shepherds don't produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. So it is your job to share the gospel from improvised pulpits like, uh-huh, the beauty salon, the barber shop, the nail shop, Kroger, Siesta, wherever you work. It is your job to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me help you for those of you who take this scripture out of context, because most of you do. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Let, let, me, let me stop you right now. Paul said that based upon two conditions, that the people of Philippi were doing two things. They were taking care of the Lord's church and the Lord's preacher. So Paul said, based upon your faithfulness in taking care of me financially and the Lord's church financially, and my God shall supply all of your needs. If you ain't taking care of fellowship, and if you ain't taking care of me, guess what? That don't pertain to you. So 
so it is not my not, it, is, it is what the late Dr. Craig orders from my hometown says it is your job to preach from improvised pulpits that this is my pulpit to preach from but you also have your own pulpit so it is it is it is our job to to serve and let me help you with something church every good sermon won't end in a hoop and a holler because guess what when you are sick and when your loved one is dying and when you ain't got no money guess what my hoop and my holler ain't gonna sustain you but when I teach you the living word of God guess what and you may say the word today perhaps don't hit you but guess what in two months it might so our job is to serve together for the advancement of the gospel it is not just my job to preach it is also your job to reach and here it is sometimes watch this maybe you can't reach people because you don't have the ability to meet them where they are um the late dr cullen washington was a phd from my hometown cullen dr washington rather was was is the uncle of the of v michael mckay and the story is that Cullen was uh, the chaplain at the VA hospital in Pineville, Louisiana, my hometown, Alexandria, our hometown. Well, Cullen goes into uh, the psych unit of a Vietnam veteran who lost, watch this, two legs and an arm in Vietnam. And Wash goes in and says, after his pleasantries, God is good. And the patient who is a psych patient who lost both legs and arms says, F God. Because he ain't been good to me. I'm a black man fought for a country being called a nigger left my arm and two legs on a foreign soil, came back here only to be called nigger boy, mistreated and abused racially, lost my limbs, and you're going to sit here and tell me God is good. And then Wash met him where he was and says, you know, right, you know what? It is an F the world, ain't it? And guess what? In that moment, the, the patient said to the chaplain, Chap, you just cuss. And he said, they pay me to say God is good. But in my own life, it's a, up, it's a up, up world we live in. And in that moment, after a conversation, that gentleman who they said was schizophrenic accepted Christ 
And the next Sunday at the chaplain service at the VA, guess who they had rolled in? The same man who was mad with God. See, sometimes you got to come off your high horse and get in the dirt and the grime of life and meet folk where they are. Everybody don't think God is good. How, how you going to tell a child who, who has to bury their mama, God is good? How, how you going to tell a, a father who has to bury his wife and his daughter yesterday, God is good? He may know he's good, but right now he don't feel like he's good. And it takes people who don't mind moving beyond their title and their position to get down in the dirt of life and say, you know what? Life for me too ain't been no crystal stars. How you gonna tell somebody who's been molested and raped, verbally, physically abused, God is good. Could it be we have to move beyond religion to get to relationship? I didn't mean to stay there that long. Forgive me. Go to Philippians chapter 2 verse number 1. He says now the power of fellowship comes secondly. Watch this. By submitting to the spirit of unity. If then is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, from sharing, and any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy. Here it is, folks. It is not just my job to encourage you. It is your job to learn how to encourage each other. Here it is. That when you see someone walk in fellowship who is usually smiling and greeting people, but now they are soft, they are somber, they look bewildered. It is your job to say, let me pray with you. Here it is. Let me, let, let me hug you. Let me, let me love on you. Because guess what? You don't need to know people's business to pray for them. Just cover them in believing prayer. Encouragement in Christ. Here it is. Not giving them lame advice from your experience. Encourage them in Christ. Any consolation of love? How can we be the fellowship church and can't stand each other? Compassion and sympathy. That when other people hurt, you should hurt. If someone says to this church, we have, I have cancer, that should move you. If someone says, I lost a loved one, that should move you. 
No, you don't have to, you don't have to cook for them or, or feed them, but love on them and pray for them and do whatever you are led to do. If you are led to cook, cook. If you are led to give them some money, give them some money. Because guess what? Life has a way of turning. And it's their turn right now. But if they keep on living, your turn is coming. And guess what? You still reap what you sow. Here it is, church. You can never expect people to love on you and you ain't love on nobody. Here it is. You get mad with the church because they didn't show up when your mama died and people done lost loved ones for a whole year and you ain't been nowhere. See how quiet you are right there? Because here is the problem. Church people got this spirit of entitlement. That when it's me, y'all shut down shop and come to my rescue. But you have to also have that same caring spirit. Sharing in other people's sickness, other people's illness, other people's calamity. We ain't nothing divided. But who was the grandmother on soul food? If we come together, we can strike a mighty blow. Y'all don't watch TV. <laughs> I'm old, Doc. And sympathy. And you have to be able to, but here it is, here it is, here it is. Could it be if you don't feel other people's pain, could it be your heart is hard? Could, could it be if you weren't moved? Let, let me ask you a question. Why are we moved, Dwayne, when superstars or sports heroes die? And then someone in your own church dies. And you don't feel nothing. But when Nipsey Hussle died, y'all put stuff on Facebook like y'all went to school together. Talk back to me if you can. When someone dies, Michael Jackson died, all oh, we just cried. Prince died, all oh, y'all just put purple up everywhere. You, you knew where you were. When purple rain came out. Oh, you just cried, lamented, Prince, Mike, oh Lord, Bernie Mac, they gone. But folk in your own church die and you don't say nothing. Why? Because your priorities are all messed up. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse number 14. Let me get you out of here. Y'all read that. I want y'all to read it. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 14. Go ahead and read it. What does it say? 
Watch this. Suffering, showing wonders in suffering. I just said that. He said, listen, I'm thanking you all because you are sharing in my distress. Now, sharing in distress can be complicated, especially when you don't know what to say when you get there. Which means we, we have to always teach people how to share in other people's distress. Because you may have good intentions, but the words you say may hurt them. Do I make sense? That's what happened to Job. His friends did good. Here it is. While they were quiet. But when they opened their mouths, they started making accusations toward him. You, you, you must have offended God to be in this place. Listen, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson said, when you don't know what to say to people when they are suffering, just learn to have the ministry of presence. Which means this, before you say something stupid, just show up and don't say nothing. Just, just wash the dishes or something. Sweep the, sweep the house or something. But, but he says, listen, thank you. That you care enough. And here's the whole thing. That fellowship has to become a church. Watch this. And actually cares about people. Now, we can't be fellowship, koinonia, oneness, relationship, communion, community, and we don't care about people. And caring about people means this. Everybody won't look the same, talk the same, have the same resume, the same pedigree, the same social economic status. Loving people means, guess what? You may have a GED or a PhD, but guess what? We still love you. That's what sharing in my suffering means. That I love you. That I pray for you. That I shake your hand. Do you not, and, I, and, and I'm not being funny when I say this. I know it's COVID and we really can't do much on this note right now. But do you not know the people in your life, in your orbit, in your, in your zone, watch this who haven't had a genuine hug in years. I don't mean a hug. A genuine hug. A, here, here it is. A genuine, how are you? You see, you see, people who say hey are usually fast-paced. They, 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 they don't care how you're doing. Which is why they didn't ask. Hey, hey. Go. But if I take the time to say, how are you? I really mean that. I'm trying to show you I care. Enough to listen to you and to meet you where you are. Watch this church. We can't be mean.
we can't be hateful. I had to work on myself as a pastor. Watch this. Not to bleed on this group from my trauma from the other group. Which means this. Sharing and suffering means this. You can't come to fellowship with that attitude and a state disposition because you mad at your spouse or your child. The people here ain't bothered you. So who, whosoever you mad at? Leave it in the car. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll shout next week. We ain't gonna shout today. And I care about you. But I genuinely love you and your family. And you, if, 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 you, if you got some God in you and some common sense, you can tell when folk being fake with you. You can tell when it ain't real. I'm, I'm done. We're going to come back and we're going to shout next week. As a matter of fact, everybody stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Now sit, sit down. Now, I did that because I don't want y'all saying I came to church and he didn't move me one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, 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 but fourthly, watch this. We serve together in fellowship, watch this. When we share, watch this, in, sacrifice, in sacrificial giving. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 15. Indeed, know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving but you. But here it is, church. Giving is a part of church. Amen. Giving is a part of worship. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Amen. Giving is a part of church. Giving is a part of worship. Which means this. We cannot do ministry. And we cannot serve this community. And we cannot serve you if you who come here don't give. Now he said it was sacrificial giving. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because the church at Macedonia was the poorest church. But guess what? They said it is a privilege for us to give in the area of ministry. Let me help you with something, church. Even to you who are online, you cannot be a part of this church effectively and efficiently and you don't give Amen. even you who are in the part of the virtual church you cannot claim fellowship as your church and you have ways to give tithely cash app paypal and yet you watch us and you don't give to us that's why paul raised the question will a man rob god But usually robbers hide their faces. 
But church folk before the mass, you didn't hide stuff. You just came here and just robbed the law, stole, stole the sermon, stole the singing, stole the spirit of God, and left here and didn't give nothing. But we can't do church. We can't do ministry. If your pockets are closed. Now, what are you what, what are you supposed to do? I'm glad you asked. You owe God the tithe. Ten percent of your earnings belongs to God. Here it is. Also, the offering. See, here it is. Tithe. T-I-T-H-E. Tithe. And offering. Which means this. Your, off, your tithe is incomplete minus your offering. Now, you can't, perhaps you don't tithe every Sunday. But you're responsible for your offering every Sunday. Now, here it is. The offering has no number on it. It is more so spiritual. Here it is. I give to God in my offering and my offering reflects how much I love God. Now, if a dollar is all you got, then guess what? That's how much you love God. But why are you going to um, Treat the world and tip God. Why is it you can't afford to give to the Lord's church, but you can afford to do everything else? New unit for your head. New extensions, Brazilian weave, or whatever it's called. Get your face beat, go shopping, go to the buffet, stay 48, taking picture, point of the stay 48 sign. I hate that sign. And yet, when it comes to the Lord's church, all of a sudden now, oh, we ain't got it. Here it is. The Lord understands. No, what God doesn't understand is how he can be so good to you. So gracious to you. So merciful to you. So kind to you. And you come to his house and know what you're supposed to do. And you don't do it. But watch this. As soon as you can't pay a bill, Rev, can y'all help me? Soon as you hungry, can y'all give something? Giving is a sacrifice to all of us. We all have something that we could do with our money. But, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. It ain't your money. It's the Lord's money. And I'm through, but I tell you this. It's easier for you to give it. Because when God come and take it, he gonna take more than what you owe it. I'm, I'm done. Did my leg 
just, just so y'all know, every preacher got three I'm done's. And y'all came up here on my first I'm done. I had two more. Okay. This is my third and last one. Okay. All right. This is my last I'm done. Green, when I was a young preacher, I had just met Nikki. I had a Toyota Corolla. My big suffering, that's all I could afford. And I had to preach. I didn't have any money. I had put a navy blue suit on layaway. Don't act funny. I said layaway. That's what I meant. And I had to lay it away until I could afford it. So I got the suit off layaway and I had to preach. And But I wanted a new shirt and tie. I didn't want a white shirt. I wanted a light blue shirt, white cuff, white collar. I wanted a gold tie. I wanted to look smooth for the people. So I went to Dillard's and I spent the large tie on that shirt and tie. Preached the sermon. Six days passed. Woke up on a Saturday morning. Engine burnt up in the car. I mean smoking everywhere. Fire. Well, I'm a city boy. I'm, I'm, I'm country, but I'm city. I'm city country and country city. And, and, and I don't, I don't, getting hands dirty, that ain't, that ain't what I do. That's why I went to school. I ain't from the hammer nothing, nail nothing, change nothing. Well, I knew they, I was supposed to put all gas in the car, but ain't nobody told me to put, I had to put all in the car too. So here's, I done burnt the whole engine up. I mean burnt, B-U-R-N-T, burnt it up. And here is what God told me. In that moment, God said to me, don't you ever steal from me again. Because all you had to give me was 80. Now it's going to cost you 800 to get this car fixed. And in that moment, God said to me, don't you ever preach a gospel and steal from the God who you preach about. Don't you ever say you love God and your, and your, and your pockets are closed. Don't you ever say you are a part of fellowship, but you aren't giving for the advancement of the kingdom in ministry towards fellowship. Remember this. We aren't just having church. We're being the church. But we can't be if we're divided. We can't be if we don't share in each other's sufferings. We can't be if we don't like each other. And we can't be if we don't give. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. Amen.